This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Julian Beaumont, who's the Investment Director of Benelong Australian Equity Partners. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, hi, Alan. It's great to be here. So we're uh, we're talking um, the beginning of June now, and it's your fourth anniversary um, as uh, as a part of the team at Benelong. You've been there four years. Yeah, that's right. I've been uh, in the Australian funds management industry for over a decade or so, and then prior to that, um, offshore in London and Singapore. Um, it's been great to join a really successful team. Now, um, the, you've got five funds, and one of them, the Benelong Concentrated Equities Fund, uh, I remember last year it was one of the, if it was the top performing fund. I think it was it had produced thirty percent returns f- f- for that previous year, and I think you know twenty five percent for uh, quite a long time. Tremendously successful fund, mm. but in the past twelve months it's produced a return of not 09 percent. So, um, and I'm not sort of t- uh, raising that to just put you on the spot, Julian, but I thought it'd be a good way to discuss how tough it is to be um, to be an investor, yeah, exactly. to be a fund manager, and, and uh, how things can turn around and, and also what's happened in the past 12 months. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we do go through these periods over um, time which are more difficult for us, which are um, healthier for us. Uh, but over time, the long-term track record really speaks for itself. What's happened more recently, I think, is that it's been a, quite a difficult market, particularly for... Uh, fund managers that are driven by fundamental things like earnings and growth and the like. I think it's been actually interesting over the last uh, six or so months, uh, particularly in the back end of last year, where investors were pretty scared. They flocked to what was uh, perceived to be safe, whether it was gold stocks or REITs and utilities, or even if on the consumer or industrial side of things like uh, Woolworths and Ramsey Healthcare. And it really reflected investor sentiment, which was pretty uh, pretty, pretty um, safety-focused and a little bit uh, sensitive, um, that started to unravel a little bit. People are starting to think about uh, the upside of equities and the fundamental drivers around earnings and growth. And, and so we continue and start to perform uh, somewhat better more recently, at least relative to the market. Well, it's interesting. In the past 12 months, um, some of your funds have done okay. I think the, um, uh, the main... Australian Equities Fund has, uh, has done 10%, mm. but that Concentrated Equities Fund has done less than 1%. And I just wonder what's the difference? What, um, uh, wh- why has one fund uh, produced a 10% return and the other uh, no return at all? Yeah, sure. So there's some differences in positions in those funds. Uh, obviously, the Concentrated Fund is a little more high-conviction concentrated uh, than the, uh, the the core strategy or the Australian equities core strategy. Um, and within that, it tends to be as more of a concentrated uh, fund, a little bit racier in terms of returns, uh, perhaps a little bit more volatile. Uh, and over time, those things t- tend to wash out for better better long-term track record, which is what where you've come from in terms of where you started out. Uh, that has been one of the uh, best-performing funds uh, over the last decade or so. Um, but in the short term and as the last year or so has shown, it can be a little bit more difficult to stomach and it's really for uh, those those investors that are genuinely uh, taking a medium and longer term view. Yeah, so what do you think of the current state of the market? I mean, um, where, do, where do you think the best way to position yourself is now? 
Yeah, I mean, we're at an interesting uh, juncture in the market at the moment. Uh, valuations are actually reasonably attractive. Um, and for example, the price to earnings multiple, which happens to be probably the most common uh, indicator of valuations uh, over time, is is around about where it has been historically, and that's to compare against uh, most other asset classes, whether it's bonds or residi- residential property or or other asset classes where valuations are quite detached. So in t- the values seem to be stacking up. What 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 is probably most at risk around the earnings, and uh, particularly for those stocks or companies that have very much domestic uh, orientation to them. So you might think about the banks. Uh, the building companies, uh, the media and retailers, we're very much uh, exposed to quite a sluggish uh, domestic economy. Um, And so we see a fair bit of risk there. In fact, as it turns out, that's actually where a lot of the cheaper valuations are. Um, So there's something of a balancing act um, around uh, what you're going to pay in terms of value and what you're going to get in terms of earnings and the risk there, where we're actually seeing really um, a lot of opportunities are in some of these more uh, global champions that um, uh, their businesses actually extend past the Australian borders. They've got some sort of competitive um, advantage, a, 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 a brand, an intellectual property, a superior product or service that can actually uh, be exported or travel offshore and um, and can actually serve a much bigger market and, and grow offshore. So uh, serving 20, um, 25 million customers doesn't get you nearly as much growth as being able to serve uh, 7 billion. Um, and, 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 and so uh, really it's a market that's um, reasonably attractive on an overall basis but has a lot of risk underneath and it really uh, gives rise to being careful in the particular stocks that you uh, want to buy into. I hate to use the word a stock because market, but it, it really gives you a sense of the type of market that we're playing in at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting how um, you know how the market in Australia is really kind of split between domestic and international companies, and there are a lot of uh, companies in the in the ASX 200 now that are globally focused much more than when I was um, a young reporter. And, and uh, I suppose in those days it was just resource companies that were, but these days there's more and more industrial type businesses that um, that are what you call, what you just called globally oriented champions um, and I suppose that makes it more interesting as, a, as an investment manager doesn't it yeah it does and and actually as it turns out uh, a large part of the market is concentrated in for example the resources as well as some of these more mature uh, domestic oligopolies you can think in particular the banks there. Uh, the, the the supermarket operators like Coles and Woolworths, uh, even West Farmers with Bunnings and Telstra, Transurban Centre, a lot of the value of the market is concentrated in uh, in those names. Um, and it, in fact, it happens to be over uh, 50% of the market, 56% as we stand today in uh, the top 20 stocks. Now, there's 2,000 stocks. And uh, once you get past those top 20, you actually find some really interesting ideas uh, and they happen to be something that they that, 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 that they're really doing well in, uh, particularly in Australia, but more so on, on the broader uh, global stage. And that's actually something that we should be quite proud of. But it also gives rise to a lot of interesting, um, a, a lot of really interesting growth opportunities. Uh, you can think about Australia that's uh, 
has comparative advantages in a number of things, whether it's um, in, in property development with the likes of uh, Westfield in the old days or Goodman in industrial property today, whether it's um, designing uh, medical devices uh, such as the cochlear implant or, or ResMed CPAP machines, um, CSL uh, with biomedicines, uh, and then um, there's a lot of clean and green brands in in, in milk products, in, uh, in vitamins and, and, and treasuries, uh, Penfold Wines and the like. And these are the types of uh, businesses and industries that Australia flourishes on and actually which provides a lot of the upside returns for investors. And you can actually access that through um, the ASX. You don't actually have to go abroad to the US markets or other global markets to really access some global leaders um, that are going to garner some good returns for investors. So you better tell us some of your... um your favourite ideas, um, favourite stocks, Julian. I'm sure our listeners would love to love to hear them. Yeah, well, we typically like those really strong franchises that have strong growth. You know, the, the classic example would be a CSL. Um, and CSL has uh, started off as a reasonably small company. It was privatised, actually, in the early 1990s in that wave of privatisations. And has just continually invested back into their business, uh, growing what's been a strong franchise in um, designing and manufacturing uh, biomedicines taken out of uh, people's plasma, and uh, really serves some um, uh, and treating some life-saving um, uh, diseases. Uh, that's grown significantly. In fact, it floated. You know, round and on equivalent basis, sort of at less than a dollar, it's trading um, above two hundred dollars. Really uh, shows you what uh, looking after the customer, investing back into the customer proposition, and actually investing back into the business um, goes to. They've got really strong uh, leadership in in their particular niche markets. Everyone knows about CSL. Tell yeah, us sure. something. We uh, tell us an idea stock we haven't heard of. Yeah, sure. So there's uh, companies like. Uh, uh, aristocrat leisure making the uh, gaming machines, but also uh, not not so much well known. Uh, they've moved into online social games, and that's combat games and the like, uh, doing doing well on a on a global basis. Reliance Worldwide sounds like a boring company. They make uh, plumbing fittings, in, including uh, probably the better known Shark Bite push to connect uh, plumbing fittings, um, and that's uh, doing well in terms of. Uh, product leadership, but taking market share off what people used to do, which is pretty much uh, pulling together uh, the piping through glue or, or, or um, taping or crimping, um, saves the plumbers or contractors, as they're called in the US, a lot of time and money, um, and really growing quite nicely in the U- US through uh, the Bunnings equivalents of Lowe's and Home Depot, but also more broadly in other wholesale channels. Uh, they've expanded that business out and they've actually made a big acquisition over in Europe, uh, which is ex- expand their, their uh, distribution footprint, but also their product portfolio. And it's one that continues to do well uh, in what's seemingly a boring industry, but happens to be uh, growing as a business quite nicely. Yeah, right. That's very interesting. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time, Julian. Been great talking to you. Thanks. Pleasure. I've been talking to Julian Beaumont, who's Investment Director at Benelong Australian Equity Partners.